You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from Heritage Baptist Church in Corpus Christi, Texas, led by Pastor Johnny Che. Our church is dedicated to serving Jesus Christ and reaching the world by going forward with the gospel. We pray that you will be helped and blessed by this message from God's Word. Welcome to Heritage Baptist Church. It's good to have you here doing something different tonight with the youth leading the services. So I hope that you enjoy that. I just wanted to say one thing to remind you. Uh, The gospel collection came in. I told you about these on Sunday night. And we have 15 of these next door in Courtyard Coffee. And if you remember, uh, this is uh, just somebody went around and video recorded some actors in the Middle East or probably Utah is where they were. And um, there's no dialogue, there's no adding to a script, they're just reading the Bible. And that's what I like about this. Now, the default, unfortunately, is New International Version. So when you put this into your DVD player, make sure that you go into the audio section first, and there you will see you can choose between the New International Version and you can choose between the King James Version. And it's all four Gospels in here. And as they are reading the scriptures, you see kind of some background acting going on. It helps you visualize some things. And I want you to take advantage of this. They are usually $20 each in Courtyard Coffee, but for tonight only, $15 each. So make sure that you go ahead and take advantage of that. Jeremy, you come on up. Um, at this time, we're going to have our offering. Uh, just keep our missionaries in, the, in our prayer, and we have our building project right now. So a lot to be praying for and a lot to give to. And Sam, would you pray for the offering?
Oops. never realized how loud those chairs were. <laughs> uh, turn your Bibles with me to Esther chapter 3 and verse 2. Please stand when you get there. Esther chapter 3, verse 2. And all the king's servants that were in the king's gate bowed and reverenced Haman, for the king had so commanded him concerning him. But Mordecai bowed not, nor did him reverence. For context purposes, the king had everyone in the kingdom bowed towards Mordecai. And Mordecai, being a faithful and obedient, didn't do this because he knew it was wrong. At camp, I preached for the preaching competition, was how we should stick out from the world and be the odd sheep out not being a follower, but being in a better flock, and talked about being in the right flock. And tonight, I am, Lord willing, going to preach on what if we're not in the right flock and what if we're not being the leader, but the follower. My title of the message is Three Choices We Have as Christians. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for this time that us teenagers are able to have our own service and take over, Lord. Please let not us have this be just a fun time and whatnot, but let us learn from something from it, Lord, and let us take this away. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Tonight, I want to talk to you about three things we should do stick out from the crowd. Psalms 119, 105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. 
And 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. So what all these verses are talking about, these two verses, they're talking about reading the Bible. What both of these verses are telling us is that we need to read and learn from it. I have three points tonight. One, the choice to read your Bible. Reading our Bible is probably one of the most important things we need to do as Christians because why would God use us if we can't do something simple as we, is uh, reading our Bible? We need to read our Bible. And you might say, why do I need to read my Bible to stick out from the world? What well, if someone were to ask you, hey, how do I get to heaven? And you tell them how Jesus did all this and how you're supposed to get saved. And they say, what does that say in the Bible? And then you're sitting there with a blank face and have nothing more to say. People wonder why we should read our Bible. It's just stories from a long time ago. That's true, but it's much much more than that. Right. It's God's Word. And if they were just stories from a long time ago, they can still teach us things that we need to work on. Whether it's stealing, lying, cursing, being disobedient, all those things are in the Bible and they are still relevant to this day. If God were to use someone, who do you think he would use? A fake Christian who sits in church, listens to preaching, and goes right back out the doors and acts the same and worldly? Or someone who listens to preaching, reads their Bible, applies it to their life, and doesn't act like a fake Christian. Amen. Turn to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2. Good. The verse says, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby. We should want to read our Bibles just as a baby wants its bottle. We should grow with Christ and learn from Him and not grow away from Him. Reading our Bible is how God wants us to grow with Him and pray to Him. Praying and reading our Bible is how we communicate with God. He won't use us if we don't communicate with Him. If you've ever been in a kids' ministry or been to VBS, you've probably heard the song, Read your Bible, pray every day, and you'll grow, grow, grow. That song is not just for laughs and giggles. It's telling us that we need to read our Bible to be of God and why we should read our Bible. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 says, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the divining asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. You may not read your Bible to learn anything from it, but there are, like I said, stories in here that not only have a message or a lesson, a teaching of any kind, but you can read to simply enjoy the stories. You can read about a man who faced an army with nothing more than just a jawbone of a donkey. A little kid, probably like the size of Jacob, who killed a lion, a bear, with his bare hands, and then kills a giant with a sling and a single stone. A man who was chosen by God and tried to run from him, but got swallowed by a whale, and then later leads a whole nation to be saved with just a few words. And those of you who like romance and movies, like Hallmark, a poor farmer lady who a king followed in love with her to become queen of a nation because of her beauty. A man born with nothing was God's perfect son and died for our sins on a cross, which was bad back then, but made it so beautiful. So you may have trouble in your life with sin and not be doing the right thing, but you don't have to be in the wrong to read your Bible. Simply enjoy it and apply it, for not yourself, but to witness to others and reach the world. The second thing I want to talk about is the choice of praying. Turn to Daniel chapter 6, verse 10.
Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house and his knowledge being open in his chambers toward Jerusalem. And he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. Daniel is another person who stayed out of the crowd and followed God, not the world. If you don't know the Bible story, basically the servants of the king didn't like Daniel. They told the king, hey, we should put a law and a ruling out there that says everyone should pray and bow to you. So the king made the ruling. And back then when a, you made a ruling as a king, you couldn't change it because they made a marking in the book. And you couldn't change or remove it. Now Daniel was faithful to God and didn't pray to the king, but continued to pray to God. These men that hated Daniel knew he would pray in his house and where he lived. So they went to his house and caught him while he was praying. So they took him to the king, and the king realized that these men tricked him. But like I said, you couldn't change the ruling, so they had to throw Daniel into the lion's den. But God protected him, and the king realized that God was powerful and that Daniel witnessed to them after that. So whenever you are out eating or at work or anywhere, don't be afraid or embarrassed of praying in front of people or your co-workers or your friends. They might ask you, hey, what are you doing? Why is your head bowed? Why do you have your eyes closed? And then you could witness to them like Daniel did. Just like the song I told you about, read your Bible, pray every day, and you'll grow. The song not only tells us to read our Bibles, but it tells us to pray. We should be playing, be like Daniel, pray every day without embarrassment or being worried. It also says that, says that Daniel prayed three times a day, but we can pray as long as we want. God wants us to pray to him. If you know the rest of the song, read your Bible, pray every day. The other part says, leave your Bible, forget to pray, and you'll shrink, shrink, shrink. If we don't read our Bible and pray, we won't grow with God, but instead we'll grow away with Him and become another person in the world who doesn't come to church. This leads me to my last point, the choice of church. Turn to Hebrews chapter 10, verse Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but escorting one another as so much the more as ye see the day approaching. Turn to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. The, ver the first verse that tells us Christians that we are weak by ourselves and can't grow without the church, just like a sheep is with the flock. You might say, why is church important, going to church being important to not being like the world? If you were telling your co-workers and friends and people outside church that you're a Christian, but you're not in church on Sundays, that doesn't make any sense. You could witness to those people, invite them to church. Wherever you go to work or go to school, that's your mission field. God places you for, there for you to witness to those people and invite them to our church. That's why we need to be coming to church. Not so we can come here, sleep during service, and come here for the coffee shop. We need to the church so we can go and bring people to be saved. So they can do the same as we did. That's fruit to your account. If you don't witness to those people and tell them about Jesus, who will? 
Now the second verse tells us that Christ loved the church. So can we call ourselves Christians if we don't love the place that Christ loves? No, we can't. Those are called have-to Christians. They have-to Christianity. They don't always come to church. They do whenever they can. They just come when they need God or whenever they're in a tough time. That's not what the building next door is for. It's for us to grow with God and for others that need the word of God. If we choose not to come to church, then we are not committed to God. I'll finish here. Are we reading our Bibles and getting it done with for the day? Or are we reading and studying it and sharing it with others? Are we praying for ourselves and for our lives to be great? Or are we praying for those people that come to church or that person that you know that's not in church and doesn't know Jesus? Are we coming to church for the coffee shop with a snack and the talk and have fun? Or are we coming here helping with others and helping guests and helping with other ministries? Are we doing all these things to make us closer to God or just checking off the box for the day and going right back to our sin and worldly activities? Amen, brother. Before I start, I would just like to say that I had absolutely no idea I would be preaching this message today when I started planning on uh, Friday for this night. I was going to preach to you on whether you have a firm Christian base, but clearly that wasn't what God wanted me to preach. So, brought, so God brought this quote in my pathway um, on Monday when I was watching a YouTube video on fishing. So <laughs> I clicked on a video and an ad pops up all of a sudden. And my first thought was, okay, I'll just skip the video. Whatever, no big deal. But I looked down and there wasn't a skip ad button. And it was one of those Christian ads. And my first thought was, okay, these people probably have no idea what they're talking about. But then it said this quote, and I'll read it to you today. You relax on a plane, even though you don't know the pilot. You relax on a ship, even though you don't know the captain. You relax on a bus, even though you don't know the driver. Why don't you relax in life knowing that God is in control? So at that moment, I felt like this is what God was calling me to preach on. And so I began to get to work and fast forward to Wednesday, here I am preaching it to you. So if you would please turn with me in your Bibles to Daniel chapter six. We'll begin reading in verse 10. Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house and his opens being open in his chamber toward Jerusalem. He kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. Then these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. Then they came near and spake unto, before, the, before the king concerning the king's decree. Hast thou not signed a decree that every man that shall ask a petition of any god or man within thirty days save of thee, 
O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. The king answered and said, The thing is true, according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which altereth not. Then answered they and said before the king, that Daniel, which is of the children of the captivity of Judah, regardeth not thee, O king, nor, nor the decree that thou hast signed, but maketh his petition three times a day. Then the king, when he heard these words, was sore displeased with himself, and set his heart on Daniel to deliver him. And he labored till the going down of the sun to deliver him. Then these men assembled unto the king, and said unto the king, now, O king, that the law of the Medes and the Persians is, that no decree nor statue which the king established may be changed. Then the king commanded, and they brought Daniel, and cast him into the den of lions. Now they spake, now the king spake and said unto Daniel, Thy God whom thou servest continually, he will deliver thee. And a stone was brought and laid upon the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet. And with the signet of his lords, that the purpose might not be changed concerning Daniel. Then the king went to his palace and, and passed a night fasting. Neither were instruments of music brought before him, and his sleep went from him. Then the king arose very early in the morning and went in haste unto the den of lions. Now when he came to the den, he cried with a lamentable voice unto Daniel, and the king spake, and said to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God whom thou servest continually able to deliver thee from the lions? Let us pray. Dear God, we thank you for this night where we can come and worship and sing praises unto your name, Lord. Lord, please give me the words that you want me to tell to your people, Lord. Lord, please remove distractions, Lord. Lord, please kick the devil out of this place, Lord. We know that he is trying to distract to trying to distract us tonight, Lord. Lord, please let us go home changed, Lord, and better for you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. amen. So just a couple verses uh, before verse 10, we see that the presidents and the princes, the Bible calls them, uh, they wanted Daniel to get in trouble because King Darius loved Daniel. And they were very jealous of this. So they tricked King Darius into signing a decree. So let's look at verse 7. All the presidents of the kingdom, the governors and the princes, the counselors and the captains have consulted together to establish a royal statue and to make a firm decree that whosoever shall ask a petition of any god or man for 30 days, save of thee, O king, he shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing, that it be not changed according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which altereth not. In this verse, we see that Daniel, um, he didn't care about the decree in verse 10. But the men, but the men found Daniel praying, mm -hmm. and they took him to the king and threw him into the den of lions. But during this entire time, I guarantee you that Daniel knew that God was in control. Amen. So point one is, even when times get tough, remember who is in control. Just how when times got tough for Daniel, he still knew who was in control. Think of the disciples on the boat in the Sea of Galilee. When the storm came, they forgot who was in control. 
they forgot that God was watching over them. So when a family issue happens, remember that God is in control. When a loved one passes, remember that God is in control. God will send the hard storms. He will send the earthquakes. He will send the hard times to see if you will remember that he is in control. But it's pretty pretty easy to say that we know who is in control when we are at church. You might say you know who is in control in the hard times, but are you praying in the hard times? Are you reading your Bible in the hard times? Are you going to church in the hard times? Or are you only going when it's in the easy times? and you have everything that you need, and everything is going just the way that you like it? Are you only reading your Bible in the easy times? Are you only reading your Bible in the easy times? Are you only going to church in the easy times? Now you might think to yourself, well, look at you, Gavin. You're just so perfect. You're always trusting that God is in control, and you always know that he's in control in the hard times and in the easy times. But I'm here to tell you that you're wrong. There have been times where I forgot that God was in control. So my second point is, God is in control in the good times. So just as much as we need to remember that God is in control in the hard times, we need to remember that He is in control in the good times. We need to remember that just because God is letting us go through an easy time, He could easily replace it with a hard time. Oftentimes, we take the easy times for granted. We stop reading our Bibles. We stop praying. We stop going to church. Then why do we stop reading our Bibles? Why do we stop praying? Why do we stop coming to church? If you remember that He is in control, then you will read your Bibles in the easy times. You will pray in the easy times. You will go to church in the easy times. We should just praise him and glorify him and worship him and walk with him, not just in the times of need, but especially during the good times in order to thank him for his grace and mercy. Just how the disciples knew that God was in control at the feeding of the 5,000, he sent a storm to see if they would remember that he was in control. So Christian, plant in your heart to always remember that God is in control in the good times and the hard times. God is watching over you. He is in control in the hard times and just as much as he is in the good times. God's plan is always the best for you. He knows what is best for you in your life. Thank you. Uh, Just want to tell Pastor, thank you for letting uh, all the group of guys uh, and the preacher boys come up to preach and uh, sing songs in for God. Um, but uh, today I would like to for y'all to turn with me to Psalms thirty three one. Uh, As we begin reading in verse 1, it says, Rejoice in the Lord, O ye righteous, for praise is commonly for the upright. In verse 2, it says, Praise the Lord with harp, sing unto him with pastorly and an instrument of ten strings. 
the first word the one of the first word in verse one it's rejoice rejoice means be happy you're not people don't want to come to church and they're going to be mad why are you going to be mad whenever you're going to hear the the truth of god from your pastor or from your youth pastor or even the song leader um the second word in this verse it says righteous who want to who want who wouldn't want to be righteous for god I, I want to do y'all want to and then it says for praise is comely for the upright comely means pl- attractive or pleasant to look at uh as you know we run a bus ministry here at heritage and as we go down the aisle and we ask the kids what they learned today and we see how god can change a bus life bus kids life around from even if they came from nothing that he can still call them to preach he can call them to song leader youth pastor he can do he can do anything he did it with me he can do it with them but as we're asking them, um, uh, we're going up and down the aisle asking them, it's pleasant to look at, it's pleasant to see that God has changed their life and could change their life. In the second verse, it says, praise the Lord with harp, sing unto him with pastorly and instrument of 10 strings. We, we have technology now, we have the iPhone 14, and next it's the 15, then the 16. And um, we can jump from Spotify to YouTube, but why can't we jump into our Bible? Why can't we jump into a hymnal that's on the uh, seat and sing songs for him and not for the world? We can jump from Wi-Fi to Wi-Fi trying to connect to the internet. It's useless. The only thing that matters in this world right now is that if we get close to God and if we let him speak to our hearts and let him control our life because he did it he he can free you through the hardest times of your life he did it with Daniel and he could do it with you um for praise praise the Lord with the harp you can praise the Lord with any instrument but if you go to Church Unlimited, they're going to be rock and roll, all this other stuff. That's not the songs of God. That's the songs of the devil trying to be God. But it's not. If you let him take over your life, you can sing the right songs. You can say the right things. You can watch the right things, and you can do the right things. But if you don't have him in your life, where are you going to be 10 years from now? Where are you going to be 20 years? You're going to be in a tombstone underground, or you're going to be here serving the Lord and doing what He has planned for you. Uh, like Riley said, we want to see all the guys here in 10 years or 20 years. And uh, we all want to see each other, and we want to back everything up that the preachers say. And. Um, Sing unto him with a new song. Place in verse three says, "Sing to him, sing unto him a new song. Play skillfully with a loud noise." F- with this little building, it's easy to 
sing and it be loud. But with this new building that we have going up, we're gonna need to sing with a loud, a loud voice. Cause if we don't, it's not gonna fill the place. And with this new building, we're gonna need to go witness to more people. And we're gonna need to go out soul winning, not just on Saturday, but every day. I go to public school and since camp, uh, I've witnessed to five of my friends. Uh, one of them have said that they might be able to come on Sunday. So I will probably uh, invite him or let him know uh, when service is. Even if it's in the morning or night, God can still talk to him. If it's morning, night, uh, but In verse one, it says upright. In the last word, the last word is upright. Whenever you're in church, you don't want to be slouched, sitting down, bending over. You want to be upright, sitting straight up, listening to what the preacher has to say and what God has laid on his heart. And in verse two, it says instrument attention. Like I've said, you can praise the Lord with any instrument a guitar, a piano, even a microphone, just with your voice, no instruments. But uh, I want to say thank you, Pastor, uh, for letting us have this opportunity, and thank you. Amen. Uh, before I get started, I just want to thank Pastor again for letting us four guys, you have no idea what we're going to say, and you still trust us, so thank you. We're going to be in Acts chapter 9, Acts chapter 9. Verse number three, it says, And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round, round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth, earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. And the men and the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. And Saul rose from the earth, and when his eyes were open, he saw no man. But they led him by the, by the hand and brought him into Damascus. Y'all may be seated. Um, so, what we see in verse six, Paul says, "Lord, what will thou have me to do?" Paul surrendered to what the Lord wanted him to do. Paul had a past, and he could he could have, I'm not going to say he could have used it as an excuse, but he could have given reasons to the Lord. He could have said, well, I don't want to go reach your people because they won't listen to me because I've persecuted them in the past. Why would they listen to me? I'm going to give some of my testimony. It's not the whole thing, but it's going to tie into the message a little bit. So I was saved at age nine at my first VBS. It was Space VBS. It was when Pastor was still Brother Johnny. And, um, you know, 10, 11, 12, 13, I get there just fine. And then when I turned 14, I'm going to, I'd say as a human being, that was the worst I'd ever been. I had a lot of hidden sin. I just, a lot of stuff. And um, this isn't part of my message, but be sure your sin will find you out. If you, 
if you have a hidden sin, get it right today, because it would be so much better if you just get it right today. It's better to get rid of it than to get caught in it. Um, so, you know, um, so I turned 15 in April, and then youth conference was in uh, July. And uh, I'm be honest, I got caught in my sin, and I was still, I didn't have a good attitude all the time. I was just, I, at that point, I didn't know if I wanted to stay in church. I was 15. And I go to this youth conference, Brother Ben, Pastor, they always tell us, y'all need to be focused on the preaching. That's the main priority of these camps and conferences. And I remember that wasn't my focus, this camp, this, that conference. I was going for the fun. I just wanted to have fun. And I said, I'd listen to the preaching, but it wasn't my main focus. So I make it through all the messages. And the last night, Pastor preached a message called, All You Have Is All He Needs. And um, so I remember I became very convicted during that message. And by the end of it, I knew that God was calling me to preach. Um, so I went, to the, I went down to the altar and I prayed. And I remember saying, I know what you're calling me to do, but nobody else does, so I'm not going to tell anybody because I didn't want to. <laughs> so I got up, went back to my seat. And uh, I remember at the end of the service, they're like, if you've surrendered your life to God and if you, you're called to preach missions, they're like, stand up. And I remember I was so convicted that Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, I was so convicted, I cried myself to sleep every one of those nights. And then Sunday comes around, and it's time for a teen testimony time. And I, I came up here, and I, I lied, and I said, um, I said, the same message spoke to me, all you have is all he needs. But I said, I surrender to do whatever the Lord wants me to do. And I lied, because I, I thought if I said that, then I would just say I never got called to preach, and I'd go on with my life. So my parents could see something was wrong with me, like most parents can. And it was that Sunday night, and they could still see something was bothering me at home. And I just said, I need to talk to Pastor. So we go to the church next day. It's Monday night, and I thought I was talking to Pastor, and Pastor wasn't here. It was Mark, my stepdad. He brought me, and he was like, we're not leaving until you tell me what's wrong with you. And you're not talking to Pastor until you tell me what's wrong with you. So he starts questioning me, trying to figure out what's wrong with me. And finally, I just say, something happened at youth conference. And... As a parent, I'm not, maybe bad things don't always go through your head, but, you know, I just getting caught in sin and stuff, so I'm, he said that's what he thought, something bad happened. And I just burst out in tears, and I told him I was called to preach. And so he called pastor, and then I told pastor, told him, and then I announced it to the church that Wednesday. And I remember telling the church that I didn't say anything because I didn't want to. But I had to surrender to what God wanted me to do, just like Paul did. We will never reach our full potential as Christians until we surrender to what God wants us to do. And I'm, maybe the Lord, there are some people fighting giving in, giving everything to, Lord, to the Lord right now. I think a lot of people believe in the Bible, but a lot of people don't apply it and they don't, they don't live. There's a lot of people, there are a lot of believers, but there's not a lot of Christians. You can't, you can't tell God, I want to follow you and serve you, but you can't have this. Uh, you can't have this, this is still mine. That's basically basically saying, um, you know, um, I'll follow you, but here's how, this is how we're going to do it. This is my way how we're going to do it. You can't do that. There's a great need in this world, in this country, uh, in the city, and even in the, even in the church. I think a lot of people do see it. And maybe the Lord tells us to do something about it, but we don't because we'd have to get rid of that. We'd have to confess our sin. And because you and it, you'd have to change too much, and it's just it would be too hard, and it would be too hard if we try to do it ourselves. But 
We have Jesus Christ to help us. He is on our side. Um, and maybe, like I said, you don't want to because questions or excuses. And Paul, like I said, Paul did. He had he could have given many reasons why he didn't want to serve God, but he didn't. He um, Paul was determined nothing was going to make him leave God. And maybe some of us have surrendered our lives to God, but we've gone back on it. I mean, Peter, Peter was called to be a disciple of Jesus, and then he denied Jesus three times, but he, he got right after, and he preached Pentecost. We can do the same thing. We can get right if we've surrendered already. Because um, it's preached to teens a lot, surrender your life to God, but I think a lot of adults need to surrender their lives too. Um, you know, we just got back from camp like three weeks ago, and we all made life-changing decisions. But it can't just, like I said, it can't just be teens making these life-changing decisions all the time. Because we're not the leaders of the church, the adults are. We need some adults to surrender to God, to say, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. And there's a difference being committed to God and being surrendered to God. You can commit yourself to God, but you didn't give everything, you didn't give up everything. You st- there are still things that are in your life that shouldn't be there. You're basically promising to him, but we never give up control of the sin or excuse that we have. When we surrender, we give, we give up our sin or whatever it was that was holding us back from God. And uh, you can say we, we, have to, we have to surrender our old self to God. And it's not just applying to being called to preach, missions, full-time services, to whatever the Lord has called you to do. And after we do surrender to God, we should have, there's nothing to fear because like I said, he's on our side <clears throat> and his, and Jesus will provide and his grace is always sufficient. Thank you for listening to our audio preaching podcast. For more information about our ministries, or if you would like to get in contact with us, please visit our website at heritagebaptistcctx.org. May God bless you as you go forward with the gospel this week.